0: In Episode 8, join our radon technician, Andrew Smith, for a vital discussion on Radon Action Month. Discover key insights and proactive measures to protect your home and loved ones. Tune in now.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Between the Cracks podcast, and Happy New Year!
2: 2024 edition!
1: I'm not convinced it's 2024, Matt.
2: <laughs> well, I can assure you,
1: it is. Okay. Well, I understand that logically, but in my head, we're still in 2023. The other day, I was writing down something, and I said it was like one, two, twenty-three, and I was like, I don't think it's right.
2: <laughs> so basically, if I need anything backdated right now, you're the person to come to. You.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, okay. I'm definitely that person who will unintentionally backdate things. Nice, okay. To before I even worked here. <laughs> <laughs> I will put it. I'll be like, Yep, yeah, I was, I'll see. I got
2: it. I got you. It. I got you.
1: I know. We had someone signing paperwork yesterday and I was impressed. I was impressed that it said 2024 because I would not have I signed it. Cool.
2: Well, I'll tell you. So it is new year, 2024. We have a new look to our yes. podcast room. We're looking to improve and make things a little better. And we put this up in in December. Yes, and we've been so super excited to try and do our first recording.
1: And we have a new yet. look. <laughs> this is it right
2: here. This is it. Um, Welcome, yes. people.
1: Well, and we, we have upgraded. We look like real podcasters now. It's crazy. <laughs> do we we did buy a table. We had had a lot of fun in December getting this ready for January.
2: Yeah, and it's not quite done yet. We. When we do our interviews with people, generally we go into our conference room here and we do the interviews there. We would like to build this so that we can fit four. Currently we can fit two, but we're in the process of... We
1: can fit three. It's just how close you want to sit.
2: Well, we definitely can't fit four.
1: (laughs) No, four four might be a tight little squeeze there.
2: But we're in the works of making that all work out.
1: All work out, I know. So... We've been improving the podcast room. How do you plan on improving yourself this year, Matt?
2: Improve myself? I don't know if I can. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, I am definitely working on getting in better shape this year. That is definitely my goal. My daughter and I are getting ready to start a 21-day prayer and fasting. And for me, my fasting is no meat for the next 21 days beginning tomorrow.
1: I don't think I'm going to want to be around you for the next 21 <laughs> days, Matt. Yeah,
2: that's going to be interesting. So, uh. my daughter, by the way, she does. She's not as. She's not as. Give she she's not willing to give up as much as I am. Right. So she, her her thing is no ramen for 21 days. She loves to eat ramen noodles. So okay. she's no ramen for 21 days.
1: So, what are you going to be eating for protein?
2: <laughs> protein shakes.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely not coming in for the next month or so. <laughs> going to let that work itself out right. on, on its own. Um, well, let's hear your
2: great resolution for this year.
1: Well, I am going to be a very positive person this year, Matt.
2: So it is January 5th Fifth? today that we're recording this. Yeah. And I've already heard her not be positive.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make a more conscious effort to be positive. But while you're getting in shape, you should come play pickleball. Oh, I can do that. Yeah, totally. We're gonna we're gonna make you play pickleball at this <laughs> point because I needed partners to play with. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> My learning over the break was fun. So.
2: All right. Well, you know. So it is a new year, and. First of every year, January, is Radon Action Month.
1: I did not know that January was the first month. I appreciate that information. Yeah,
2: I know. I try to be an informative. I like to teach and educate as well
1: as... Be the best person. That's right. Okay. I like it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> January is Radon Action Month, according to the EPA. And that's what we're here to talk to you about today. As we've mentioned before, radon is not good if you're breathing it in it can cause serious health problems it can cause cancer and that's not what you want considering it is one of the most preventable forms of cancer if it's radon based because as long as you test and you know you can mitigate and not have all of those issues is is the hope
2: yes we do find it, it is very important to us and if you have watched our previous podcast, you'd know this is the third podcast that we've talked about radon in some way. And if you haven't watched them, if you want to click that like and subscribe buttons and go back and watch all those ones, I think you'll find some some fun and informative things. Yes.
1: This podcast that we are doing with our radon technician, Andrew, today in conjunction with the first one we did with April Leslie of RVA Radon are so informative and so important for the awareness and understanding of what radon is and why it's important to test and why it's important to protect you and yourself, your kids, your pets from radon.
2: That's right. So you ready to talk to Andrew?
1: I think we should go talk to Andrew about it. He's a little bit more informed than I am. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Between the Cracks. This week, we are focusing on the fact that it is now Radon Action Month, and so we have invited our own Burgess Inspections Radon Technician to come and join us. So this is Andrew Smith.
2: Hi, everybody. Welcome, Andrew.
1: And like normal, Pleasure to be here. here with Matt, and I'm Madden.
2: So, Andrew, so we appreciate you coming on talking to us today. Andrew is one of our great world-class service people here. Anything uh, you want to tell everybody about
1: you?
0: Yeah, not only do I do radon, I also do mold testing, sewer scope testing, irrigation testing, and soon-to-be pool testing.
1: Very exciting.
2: Absolutely. So, again, as Madden said, this is Radon Action Month, so we do want to reach back out and talk a little bit more about radon. If you did not hear our very first episode, Bay, way back in October, you probably haven't heard too much about radon. So let's start right there. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what radon is?
0: Well, in a basic sense, radon is a breakdown of uranium, very old uranium. So basically when the Earth formed millions and millions of years ago, a lot of this uranium got trapped in the Earth as well when the atmosphere formed. Uranium has a very, very long half-life, which is basically how long it takes for half of the remaining uranium to disappear. Uranium breaks down into radium, which in turn breaks down into radon. So that's where radon basically comes from, and it's all over the planet, and there's no real way to tell much, to tell how much is in any specific part of the planet, because unfortunately, colorless, odorless, tasteless, yeah, there's no way to really know without testing. So that's why I'm here, yeah we've actually had radon on before yeah if you didn't know
1: we did have a guest of radon i'm sure he was
0: pretty hard to get he wasn't pretty he wasn't funny well i mean he's everywhere so everybody's used to him yeah yeah
2: yeah you'd think he'd have better jokes by now but he doesn't no
0: he's been around way longer than i have kind of a nobody right (laughs) well that's true almost no one knows about him that's true it's hard guy to find but he's everywhere
2: that's right Mm -hmm. hey all right so tell us a little bit about some of the biggest myths
0: one that I usually hear is, well, I don't have a basement, so I don't need to worry about radon. That's a horrible misconception, and I would like to tell everybody out there that just because you don't have a basement doesn't mean you don't have radon. Actually, the highest radon levels that I have ever gotten were from a regular slab-on-grade townhouse.
2: Okay, how much would you get there?
0: How much did I get there? I think I was getting up around 40, 40 picocuries per liter of air. For everybody out there listening, the action level for radon is four picocuries per liter. So that was about 10 times the action level.
2: So that's interesting. So let me ask you this hard-hitting question right here. Hey,
1: hey.
2: I've heard
0: pico-curies and I've heard pico-curies. Which is accurate? I think it's kind of a potato-potato situation. <laughs> Depending on where you're from, either's probably right.
2: <sighs> caramel or caramel? Pecan or pecan. Or puckon. I don't know. There's lots of ways or to say that. On. Or puckon.
0: Or puckon.
2: Anybody know Scooter? He, that's a big one for him. He likes to ask that question. So.
1: As long as he can pronounce it right. That's right. He can't pronounce other things right, though. He misses a few.
2: <laughs> Every now and then.
0: Scooterisms.
1: <laughs> yes. That is correct.
2: Uh, what else have you heard that, that people are getting wrong? What's What other the types of myths? Hmm. Got any other ones?
1: That's
0: definitely the biggest myth, is people trying to find ways not to test for radon. Well, it's not really a myth, but it's definitely something that's been brought up into question, and that's the effect of radon on children. Mm -hmm. It's actually a study, so there's not a whole lot of concrete backing evidence, but they're definitely looking into the research of it. But basically, because children have smaller lungs, and a lot of children who are smaller are running around all over the place. They're always high energy, so they're breathing in a lot more than adults. There's a theory that they're getting exposed to higher levels of radon. Than the average adult. Not to mention, because children are also smaller, that's another factor that they play into it because radon actually comes from the ground. The lower you are to the ground at all times, the more of a potential you have to be exposed to radon. So, being half as tall as the average human, there's a theory that you may be getting twice as much exposure. Same with having smaller lung capacity. So, if you're breathing in the same amount as a person, you technically be getting a higher area of exposure. So, that's definitely something that I haven't heard much. Action, if since that's the month we're in, actually. I haven't heard a lot of action going towards people doing it for children. You know, usually when people are talking about it, they ask, if they, do I have a basement? What's your average radon reading around here? But never really, like, you have kids, you know? Yeah. We do a lot of, you know, there's also another one. It's kind of a gray area as well, but when you have garages, you know, those big bay garages, there's always a debate where if you have a room above that garage, should you test that as well? Because, you know, you're sitting over a garage, which is a different foundation than a crawl space, but... For a lot of people, if you're using that big bay door two to three times a day, all that air that gets trapped up in there immediately comes out. So it's very, very hard to tell what your radon reading is going to be. And if you're using that on a regular basis, that bay, then the room up there is probably going to be a lot lower than what your garage is. So the only time people usually get that area tested is if it's going to get turned into a kid's room. So that's usually the only time that children come in as a factor towards radon testing, which I don't really like.
2: I'm with you on that one.
0: Kids come first, guys.
2: So you I mean, you mentioned kids, You mentioned being smaller, lower to the ground. That's that sort of thing. So is there any studies or any data around animals, pets?
0: Not that I've seen, no. But that would be a great question to have as well. I, if they're following the same formula for the kids, I would say definitely. You know, cats make sense. Are, they're there yeah. all day long, yeah, right? They, don't they don't ever leave the the house. Even shorter than kids, even lower to the ground, yeah. laying on the ground all day long.
2: And if they're like my crazy dogs, they breathe heavy and fast all the time. It's <laughs> Every ridiculous. day, all day. Yeah, my dog
0: is usually just an addition to the floor. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's got his own space molded. That's in That's right. <laughs>
2: okay. So let's say that someone calls in and schedules a radon test. What is it that they need to do to prepare and what can they expect
0: from you? Well, that's a circumstantial situation if this is for a real estate transaction, well, actually, let me go back. The first thing everybody doing a radon test needs to be prepared for is closed building conditions. And that's basically the conditions that are most suitable for finding out your actual radon levels. They call it actual radon levels because radon fluctuates so much that at any given point of any day, your radon level is probably not going to be very consistent. So actual radon levels are the conditions being set to make sure that when you get your radon tested, it's probably going to be closest to what the highest average is going to be on that given day day. That's done by maintaining closed building conditions. Closed building conditions is actually supposed to be a mock or not really a mock so much as a simulation of your house in in the dead of winter. So in the dead of winter basically it's going to be cold outside. You're going to have all your windows closed. You're usually going to have your vents closed depending on what part of the country you're in and your house is going to be sealed up basically. You want to keep all of that air inside. That's when your radon level is going to be at its highest. And the wintertime is actually when your radon level is also going to be at its highest. So in the dead of winter, your radon is going to be just 100% going up higher than it would more than likely be in the summertime. So at any time that you're doing a radon test, you want to get as close to emulating that position as possible because that means the radon coming into your house is going to be at its max concentration. That's the key to proper radon testing. So what closed building conditions are, now that I can get to that, is number one, you want to make sure that all exterior entranceways into the building are sealed off or closed for the time of testing. That would be any exterior windows, exterior doors. Usually they recommend crawl space vents as well, just to make sure that you're sealed off, everything's shut tight. Now, if you need to leave your house for any reason, it's fine. You can open your doors, stuff like that. You can still live inside the house while radon testing is going on, but you want to make sure you're maintaining, not keeping doors and windows left open. Your HVAC system is gonna be between 67 and 77 degrees Fahrenheit, and you wanna make sure that no external air is coming into the building as well. Just constant interior circulation so that the radon levels aren't getting replaced with new air and you can get false low readings. The last thing is ceiling fans, because a big factor into radon entering the home is pressure. So air pressure on the outside compared to air pressure on the inside is the biggest thing about how much radon is coming in your house. So if you have any pressure inside of that house that's opposite of the normal internal vacuum your house is making, you're going to have less radon coming in as a passive result of having that fan turned on. So you want to have that fan turned off so your air is basic and normal as possible so you're getting the absolute max amount of radon you can get in the house because for real estate transactions we want to put it in a situation where they could have high radon so they can get it mitigated before it comes and affects them later and that's a basic of what closed building conditions are that's probably the most important thing for figuring out what your radon levels are all right
2: and then so the day you come out what what can be expected at that point
0: when i come out there Usually, it's during a home inspection, sometimes right before, just depending on their time. So what's going to be done at that point is we're going to make sure that closed building conditions have either been maintained before the test is started, or you know if you're testing over a weekend, because the minimum for a radon test is 48 hours. That's kind of what the EPA says is the base amount of time you can run to determine even an average of what your radon's gonna be. So when I get to the building, if closed building conditions haven't been maintained, we either need to make sure they're maintained or the test needs to be going long enough so that closed building conditions have been maintained for at least 12 hours. So you can set delays or if you're sitting over the weekend, you can omit those 12 hours and do whatever it takes to make sure you've got. At the same time, you're gonna have to coordinate since a lot of times we're doing real estate transactions in unoccupied houses, making sure we figure out how to get back inside that house afterwards. Uh, Usually at the time of the drop-off, I'll talk to whoever is out there, give them all the rundown of what radon is, see if there's any information that they need from me. Uh, At the same time, you want to double-check and make sure all those closed building conditions are maintained while on site and just kind of disclose to anybody, you know. If there's anybody that lives in the house that's not right there, you want to make sure you got some sort of way to let them know as well that a test is going on uh, so they can get an idea of what closed building conditions are. So I'll have some signs that I usually leave up on doors, on the uh, thermostat, and usually by any ceiling fan that could be used during the testing. That's the basis for when you're doing a drop-off. Also, obviously, coordinating the pickup with them. Sure.
2: Okay. you kind of of touched on this piece uh, a little bit earlier, but when and how often should someone test?
0: Well, that is a great question. So that usually depends on what your radon levels are. So if you've never tested, my recommendation is to test immediately, at least one time. If you come back and you've got, let's say, EPA average, is going to be about 1.5 is what they want it to be indoors so for them if you tested and you came back with a two they would probably recommend you test about every two years since you're still technically half of the action level but there's still a potential for you to have increasing radon levels i think they say about every two to five years your radon levels can change just based on that half-life of uranium i'm not exactly sure what math they did for that because there's like a hundred thousand year half-life on uranium so to determine like exactly how long it takes for the half-life of that half-life to actually come up is somebody's out there doing it. And hopefully that they're pretty accurate about that. But usually about every two to five years, they would recommend testing. If you've got little to no issues with radon, if you have a mitigation system, it would be about the same thing. But that's more for just making sure your mitigation system is working properly. Because if it's not, you're actually going to be exposed to extremely high concentrations of radon. I actually had a house that I went to where a buddy DIY'd the radon mitigation pipe into the house but they didn't seal it properly so when it came back it was like 20 21 so it can definitely have opposing effects on what you want to be done what was the question again because i trailed off a little bit
2: (laughs) (laughs) when and how often
0: okay yep there we go so mitigation about the same as low levels about every two to five years now if you have high radon or you're close to high radon, like let's say 3.5 you're not technically over that level. You could mitigate if you wanted to, but you're the kind of guy who's like, well, maybe that's just worst case scenario. They recommend testing every six months because the biggest opposing, the most opposite radon levels would be in the winter and summer. So at the winter, your radon level is going to be average highest. At the summer, it's going to be average lowest. And that's just because of all the pressure in the soil and the ground. Air pressure is changing it. If everything's cold outside, everything wants to go inside. And then outside in the hot, summertime it's the exact opposite so usually it's going to be lower than that but if you're testing high or close to high every six months would be the best time because that way you'll have a you'll know the exact opposite of what it's going to be so if you tested in the winter and you got 3.5 test in the summer if you test in the summer and got 3.5 definitely test in the winter because there's a good chance it's going to be higher.
2: Okay now so that's kind of touched on more of the how often you did mention that if you've never had tests before, you should get tested immediately.
0: I think that was the first thing I said. If you've never yes. had a radon test done, that's what do I said it as soon so you as You did say that. Yes.
2: And then you talked about how often. Is there any other times that you should be testing for sure?
0: Oh, like instead of just like scheduling time. Okay, like anytime you want to buy a house, you should get radon testing done. Anytime you actually you do anything that disturbs your soil, you should get radon testing done. We actually had a house where somebody got radon testing a while back and it was like two and then a decade later we come out and test them and they're at like eleven or something like that. And the only thing that had changed in the entire area was that their neighbor had built a giant like two-story garage slash like storage building on the property right next door. And a couple of people on the street got higher radon levels around that same time, so theoretically it could be because of that disturbance in the soil they created the new vacuum for radon to escape from there so all the other houses didn't have as much to escape from
2: okay so last thing i want to touch on before we wrap up here is you know let's say that i'm thinking about getting radon but i talked to my neighbor they just got tested and they said they don't have high radon why should i get tested because there's a good
0: chance you've got all of his radon I like that answer. So
1: I've never heard it said like that, Andrew.
2: But I can tell you, too, you know, as we've tested, we've tested. We just recently did a commercial uh, apartment community and we tested and, and we had one unit right next to another unit. One had high. One did not right next to each other in the same building. So you just never know.
0: Yeah, especially when it comes to townhomes, because a lot of those townhomes are built on one single piece of slab, so that whole area is getting disturbed at the same time, but because they're sectioning them off in different areas, it basically is like a toss-up to whichever one has the most negative pressure. They're probably just going to get the short end of the stick, and all the other ones may just have way lower radon levels but that's why everybody should radon test all the time because there's at the end of the day really no way to determine how high or how low your radon is going to be even based on all your neighbors you could test everybody in the neighborhood and they all have high and you could be the one that got lucky because i mean i think people even though we have a pretty good idea of where it comes from and how it works i still don't think we have all of the answers for how radon works because again like all we're going off of is what it's been doing, but we still can't see it in itself. We can't see radon in action. We can only see the result of what radon does to people. We can see, you know, like track marks inside of people. We can see alpha tracking inside of the machines, but all that shows us is the decay of radon, but we can't see radon itself entering the chamber. You can't, you know, dig a hole in the ground and watch the radon come out, even though it could be coming out at an extremely high concentration. There's pretty much no way for us to know until we have something there to test it, so the more information we have, the more we'll know about it.
2: Yep. And radon is Andrew's arch nemesis. They battle each other all the time. So we do appreciate you coming on and talking to us today. And if anybody has any questions about radon or would like to ask Andrew a question, you can email us at info at Or
1: find me in the building.
2: <laughs> Thanks for having us.
1: Thanks. Bye. Goodbye. Well, we really appreciate Andrew talking to us. I know that, you know, he kind of is in the office with us, and so he has to, but we still appreciate him.
2: Yeah. Andrew is one of those guys that he's very friendly. Yeah, You'll love to work with him. And he talks to you in these things in a layman's terms, right? So, I mean, Radon, right if you ever saw what they have to do to get certified <laughs> to do Radon, right I mean, half the words in there and you're looking up with a dictionary. What does that mean? What does that mean? Uh. But he breaks it down so that you actually understand what he's talking
1: about. Oh, he's so knowledgeable, but he doesn't he doesn't make it out of anyone's reach. He wants everyone to know what radon is and know about it. And it's really important to him and it's really important to us. And so he's a fabulous resource to talk to about radon and yes. also our other ancillary services. But he knows a lot about radon.
2: Yes. So we wanted to wrap up here and just point out a few bullets about radon that and the rate on testing process that we wanted to just bring up here and talk about a little bit. Number one is that actionable level. So for a real estate transaction, the EPA recommends an action level of 4.0 or higher. So if you are buying a home and you get radon test and it is at 4.0 or higher, it is recommended that you do some sort of action to, to re- remedy that situation.
1: Well, and go, continuing on, the action would be to mitigate, and yes. it can be mitigated. That's a very important point. It is not a reason to not buy a house, or there's no reason to live in a house with high levels of radon, because it can be mitigated.
2: Yes, control is absolutely available. and
1: Yeah, as long as you, you test and you know. You, you Some people don't even know about radon, and so they could be living in a harmful environment and not even know it. Absolutely. And so I think that's one of the reasons EPA has designated a month for radon action because they want people to test and know and understand, and it's very—it's such an important thing. And so I do appreciate that the EPA is designated this month, January.
2: Yeah, and the the one downside I think to it all is is that yes, there is an action month. Unfortunately, there's not much done to advertise that it's radon action month. in all my years, until I worked for a home inspection company. You didn't know? I didn't know.
1: Well, I think the EPA just needs to hire me then. That's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, or hire birds inspections, because ah, i tell you, the good. one thing that we want to do, above all else, is educate people on radon. We find it very important. Yeah, we offer the service, we charge for the service, and hopefully we make a little money off it, like any business would want to do, but... Aside from that, it's even more important for us to make sure that people know about it and get treated for it.
1: I know you and Scooter talk about never purchasing a home without a home inspection, but you also would never purchase without doing a radon test or a sewer scope or just other things that you need to know about before you make that investment Oh,
2: absolutely. And the two that you just said are the two that we, if you call here to book an inspection, those are the two that we're going to offer to everybody. We offer other services like mold, Pool inspections, stuff like that. We offer those as needed mm-hmm. and when someone's concerned about mold or something like that. But Sewer Scope, Radon, we offer those to every single person that calls in for an inspection.
1: Yeah. Just because those, well, I think so you've said it before that one can save your life and one can save you money. Yes. And both of those are really important to a lot of people. That's right. So we do try and educate people on the phone with when we're talking to them and just explain why it's important, and it should be something that they do. Even if they don't choose Burgess, they need to know about it. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So on that same note, when we do tests for radon, it is a 48-hour minimum test that Mm -hmm. we do. So we have to put a machine in the home for at least 48 hours and then come back and pick it up. And that home, depending on the size of the home and the types of foundations on the home will determine How many machines are needed? So generally speaking, you need one machine for every 2,500 square feet of the lowest livable livable Livable. space, right? So if you have, you know, a 4,000 square foot home and it's two levels, odds are you're only going to need one machine for that. But if that's all on like a ranch, you have a 4,000 square foot ranch, then more than likely you're going to need at least two machines for that one.
1: And then we also make determinations based on the foundations of the house. So if you have a crawl space foundation and a basement foundation, they can have different levels of radon coming into the house through those. So we would recommend having more than one machine so you can get the most accurate reading of the house and where the radon could be entering.
2: Yes. And finally, we want to talk a little bit about a little device called the Luft. The Luft is a long-term testing that basically we plug into an outlet in your wall and it does not just it does test for radon but it also is looking at other things in the air so it's it's an air quality device Mm -hmm. so it's going to look at uh, humidity temperature vocs carbon dioxide yep a lot of these different things as well as radon and it will alert you if there's any issues or concerns around those and some of those things can alert that there could potentially be mold so you know this kind of gives you that give you a clue if you're if that you might be having some sort of issue around yeah. that but the big thing for us on this one is that radon test right
1: and we, we recommend the Loof device to anyone who's interested, curious, but especially to those who have tested at or above that 4.0 level in the past or have a radon mitigation system, just so that people can stay aware of where their radon level is.
2: Yeah, you always want to be, you always want to be careful. You just never know when it's going to go up or down, especially if If, you know, you do some work around the house Mm -hmm. or a neighbor does and the ground gets disturbed anything like that can change the amount of radon that is in your home. So having Mm -hmm. something like this, that's always there giving you that that clue is a great idea.
1: Yes, absolutely. We think that it's fabulous technology just to be able to have something where you, if you're concerned, you can kind of look on a chart and see. Of course, that does not replace getting tested by a professional company who uses the machines that do get calibrated every year because the Luft thing is it doesn't need to be calibrated. However, everything has a shelf life. And so having professional radon tests done and then comparing the results to the Luft is the best way to stay on top of it and not just trust a machine that's been plugged in for five years or so.
2: Yes. And and that's a great point. So, you know, being able to still test and not only does that make sure that your home is taken care of, but it also makes sure that your machine is working. Mm-hmm. And here at Burgess we do offer two versions of the loof. We offer your self-monitoring one where you can buy the machine the, the loof. We would come and plug it in, hook it up for you, and then you monitor yourself and make decisions based on that. And if it does stop working, then you would have to buy another one. We also offer a monitoring service yep. where we would monitor it for a monthly fee. So we'd come in and we'd install it. We'll check on it, and if there's any alerts, then we would offer recommendations based on those alerts and that sort of thing. And of course, if it stops working, then we would replace it with another machine. Yep. So there's both of those options. We always recommend the professional monitoring though because some of those things, I mean, how high is too high for air pressure? Right. And how high is too high? in summer versus winter and same thing with radon you know is, is there a difference worrying about that or carbon dioxide or VOCs so to be different in different times of year I mean there's a lot of different things you need to know and then know what to do and how to interpret
1: it right and one of the great things about us monitoring is even if you look on the on the chart yourself and you're curious you can just call us up and talk to Andrew yeah he's fabulous absolutely. on the phone we love everyone loves to talk to Andrew and he is so knowledgeable so he would sit there and explain everything to you and just make it so you understand and it's not just looking at a chart and going well that seems normal maybe and yeah. so there's a lot of ways you can get more information about radon.
2: Yep. We're not just inspectors, we're educators. Yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> Well, we, again, want to thank Andrew for coming and talking about radon. It is such an important topic for everyone to know about. Even in your workspace or any place you're spending multiple hours a day, it's so important to test and know your levels. There's no other way to know without testing.
2: Yes, and if you'd like to know more information, you can go to the EPA's website. Check it out there. The Virginia Department of Health also has information Mm -hmm. You can go to our website, www.burgessinspecs.com. We also have information about Radon there. And you can always call and talk to us, like Madden just said. Oh, yeah. And you can also send us an email, info at
1: Yes. And we are always happy to educate. Even if you're not booking with us, we just want people to be informed and to know things so they can keep themselves and their families safe. Yep.
2: But if you do want the best company to test for you. <laughs>
1: that's going to be us. That's going to be us. <laughs> um, well, we do want to thank you guys for listening today. And we're hoping you're having a great New Year so far. And it's going to continue on. I would like to remind you to please like, follow, and subscribe to all of our social media. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Between the Cracks podcast.